Welcome back, Cryptonauts, to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. I'm your host, Jake Jabarelli, with my co-host, ironically, Blockchain John. How's it going, John? Hey, hey, hey. All good, buddy. All good. Uh, this weekend, I went over to Hacker Dojo for the second time. I went to go chit. No, they had a nice little uh, show and tell. A uh, lot, a lot of... It's just like... It's a non-profit organization of a bunch of... Um, entrepreneurs in tech just trying to get started and they can't really you know rent out their own office so they 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 have they it's kind of like what what is that like we space what what i forgot what that place is called where a lot of people just meet up and kind of pay a small little fee just to uh use a a centralized location yeah Yeah, like workspace we work like we works but it's like non-profit right Mm -hmm. uh so i got got a chance to talk to a lot of people out there and it's, it's fun man it's just fun meeting up with people that are just so passionate have a vision man like they're just so much positive energy in there and i just like hanging out with people like that so that's what i did on friday saturday went out it was it was nice nice weekend had finally a weekend back in the states Ugh, first week done of work all right cool i'm back on it good well, it sounds like you had a very productive weekend week time uh this week it was been a struggle for me with uh coins i've been mining i really don't want to get into the gory details as it were it's not been that fun so oh man yeah dynamo is different now um <laughs> not necessarily bad but not necessarily good either and i and i think i understand why because asics are evil and that's all i'm gonna say oh so, is that what's going on yeah i mean the, the the gist of it is that in order to prevent ASICs from getting on the network altogether, we have to they have to keep changing the uh, algorithm Algo. a lot, and yeah. uh, that's making it difficult for the GPUs to to you know keep up rather, and it is really. Now, I, I thought I thought um, it was supposed to be like an auto auto algo switch. So as long as you had your GPU. Um, utilizing a script code, it should yeah. auto change yeah, to the newest. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. But the problem with that, of course, is that it, it causes a lot of shifting within the GPU itself, and mm-hmm. that makes it difficult, much more difficult than it was. Like, when uh, Dynamo started up, it was really easy. And, of course, that's what led to those initial changes in December, um, where the guy started you know, manipulating the algo to make it basically work on FPGAs. And founders like, no, we don't want to do that. So he took the last three months to try to figure out a way to basically prevent FPGAs and ASICs from joining the network ever and making uh-huh. it only, you know, pretty much only GPU. It's optimized GPU at this point. It's not optimized for uh, CPUs anymore. CPUs are pretty much uh-huh. useless. I mean, you can use them. Like really good AMD, uh, really high end, like 50, 5950 AMDs can still work on it, but um, or Epics, but nothing like an Intel. Uh-huh. Intels don't work on it anymore, unfortunately. Uh-huh. Um so yeah, I um, I've been dealing out this last week. It's not been fun. In fact, honestly, even though it may not be obvious, I'm slightly under the weather at the moment because of my immense amount of time I've been spending. Sounds on like it. Man. So, sounds like you're drained, man. Yeah, no, it's absolutely definitely the case. And I on Friday, some caffeine. I, uh, it, <laughs> caffeine's not going to make a lick of difference at this point. So, <laughs> um, anyways, let's just get on to the to the price, the values of. Uh, coin as they stand in this last couple of seconds because i can keep refreshing the market's a, it's kind of down at the moment it's been up and down over the last you know three or four days but uh keeps going slightly further down i don't know what the reason for that is there's no way of knowing the market itself so out in top position as as always is bitcoin currently 39 down slightly 3.2% over the or probably 2.3% over the last 7 days. The market cap is 751.7 billion. In second place, Ethereum currently 294232. 4.1% down in the last week and a market cap of 354.5 billion. Tether stablecoin is currently at $1 as it always is. No change in the last week and an 83.1 billion dollar market cap and also as I've been mentioning lately the 24-hour volume on t- on Tether is it's pretty low right now. It's only about 35.3 billion in the last 24 hours. That's that's pretty low. We've seen it as high as 100 billion before. So, mm-hmm. BNB currently in fourth position at 400.67, down about the same amount as Ethereum, 4% in the last week. 
to a market cap of 67.4 billion. USD coin, the fifth position and also stable coin, currently at, uh, as it always is, a dollar or close to it, and a market cap of 49.9 billion. Ripple, XRP, currently in sixth position at 0.699 US dollars and a drop of 10% of the last week, currently at 33.6 billion dollar market cap. Solana is in seventh position, exactly $100 almost, well, almost exactly $100, $100.07, a 2.2% drop and a $33.3 billion cap, very close to XRP as it has been following it lately. Terra is in eighth position, 91.17, uh, 12% gain, one of the highest in the top 10. It's really going up there. It's it's probably poised to overtake Solara, Solana, pardon me. currently $31.8 billion. Cardano currently ninth position at 0.886, a 7% drop and a $28.4 billion cap. And rounding out the top 10, Polkadot, currently at 1822, 2.4% drop and $20.1 billion market cap. And as I have always mentioned in the past, interestingly enough, um, Dogecoin has been kicked out of 11 posi- or 12th position and the stable coins have taken over. So we currently have Avalanche, Terra USD, Binance USD, and then Dogecoin followed by Shiba Inu. So Dogecoin has dropped almost 10%. Wow. Uh, to fall underneath the values, the current market cap values of Terra USD and Binance USD. Not wow. that surprising that stable coins themselves are owning the top 15. So we have two major stable coins, the top, you know, in the third and fifth position, and now two more stable coins in the 12th and 13th positions. So, so after, after looking at this, I guess my only assumption, because I was trying to figure out what is going on with the uh, BTC dominance. Uh, now it's under 39%, currently at 38.9%. And I can only assume that the reason that it's losing its dominance is because of the stablecoins um, having a larger market cap as as they continue to be adopted and more, become more popular among the masses. Uh, that's, I mean, unless you have another opinion. No, I mean, is it, the problem with stable, I mean, stablecoins obviously keep your coin stable. And right now, even though the market isn't very unstable, um, it is still going downward slightly so people seem to trust in stable coins temporarily when you know when the market is not doing what they wanted to do well it's kind of a bummer to see the dominance go down btc dominance but hey it is what it is um, it's the market yeah currently way is pretty low on ethereum making transactions on ethereum is actually not very expensive right now fortunately of course if you're doing smart contracts it can still be very costly uh, current crypto um, market cap, entire global market cap is 1.93 trillion US dollars, down 1% over the last 24 hours. And then if you haven't already, click on the candy icon to collect your candies. I'm not currently logged into this browser, but uh, if you haven't, please remember to collect your candies and get the 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, or 100 candies after you've done it seven days in a row. Ooh, there's something new here. You can pick up uh, savings off of certain um, services as well as NFTs and, in some cases, books. And just so you know, in July, they're going to do the um, Crypto uh, CoinGecko 2022 con with a lot of different speakers. It's about $60 advanced purchases. (laughs) I'm still kind of weirded out by the fact that you can't um, purchase it with uh, candies. You'd think. Why not? If you had enough candies, why wouldn't they just let you buy the ticket? Well, they got to make a little bit of money off of it. A little bit of money. Well, you know, they have sign-up. You can sign up for uh, $50 or $100 per year to get additional features from CoinGecko. So. Ah. Anyways. All right. Should I hit up the country? Yeah, uh, coin tree. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. that's right. My that's bad. Um, yeah, sure, no problem. Go ahead. All right, so Cryptonauts, of course, you can check us out on YouTube. Some of you guys are, some of you are on uh, Anchor or any other uh, podcast platforms, and we got so many of them out there. Couldn't even tell you, tell you them all right now. You can join us in Discord and hang out with us right over here, like I am. We got an economy over here. You guys can work for some C3 coins like i'm about to show you bing there you go you're gonna work do daily we have some awesome games uh let's see here do this do 
Uh, and then battle all. And I can actually, oops, I did that wrong. BT all. This was literally just battling. You're, you're doing something different than what I'm seeing. What are, we, what are you doing right now, John? Oh, sorry. Um, I'm over in uh, Anagame. I'm, I'm in Club C3 doing C3 economy. All right, uh, just right. showing the viewers here live uh, what's, uh, what's what in Discord. Now, of course, obviously we have YouTube, Discord. We have Twitter. Hang, uh, hang out with us on Twitter. We do have a Patreon. You guys can uh, help support the channel by, uh, by with, with Patreon, right? Yep. Uh, we are rebuilding our website. And uh, with that said, we've got a bunch of referral links. And if you just want to help donate via crypto, we have Bitcoin, Ethereum, BNB, Raven, Bat, Litecoin, Monero, and a bunch of stable coins. With that said, uh, we are set to go over to the news. Yep. Back to you. All right. So uh, the first news that we're going to talk about is from Jay Zong. American investors led in crypto gains in 2021 report. Well, let me make a change here quick to this. There we go. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Um, Chanelis, oh, pardon me. 2021 was a wild year for crypto market. Major assets like Bitcoin and Ethereum hitting all new, all-time highs and attracting an unprecedented amount of institutional investment. Throughout the entire year, investors worldwide took a total profit of $162.7 billion in crypto, a five-fold increase from just the $32.5 billion in 2020. American investors, led by a considerable margin of an estimated 47 billion gains ahead of investors from any other country, which is the reason I found that article we read earlier that only 10% of Americans own crypto. That to be a little strange. Meanwhile, emerging markets demonstrated a substantial growing interest in adopting cryptocurrencies and seeing such as such an economic opportunity. From Chainalysis methodology, blockchain Analytics firm Chainalysis relied upon its transaction and web traffic data to conduct graphic analysis and on cryptocurrencies and investors' behavior. First, the firm estimated the total gains made on each asset by studying data on holdings deposited to and withdrawn from exchanges. Secondly, by analyzing web traffic distributed among different geographical regions on each exchange, the firm managed to estimate the total gains of digital assets by separating them into countries. However, due to the decentralized nature of blockchain technology, the firm admitted that the data was not perfect, only including information from exchanges, and thus ideally should include a calculation on the, quote, gain, the gains of the individual or wallet, since we can't prove where people actually live. <clears throat> According to Chainalysis report, Developed countries like America, uh, the UK, and Germany were the top three nations in terms of realized crypto gains. Though China introduced an all-sweeping ban on the industry in 2021, the country still ranked fifth with the estimated realized digital asset gains of up to 5.1 billion, and a growth annual, an annual growth hitting 194%. In comparison, the United States, for instance, attained year-over-year growth of 8.1 billion to 47 billion, which is like 500% or more actually, 600%. The report also noted that emerging economies whose collective gains in digital assets had outperformed their worldwide GDP rankings may have chosen the asset class as a reaction to domestic inflation. Just like El Salvador, right? Another critical point, as indicated in the document, is that Ethereum thrived in 2021, edging out Bitcoin total realized gains globally at $76.3 billion to $74.7 billion as more people have taken profits in ETH than in Bitcoin. This was particularly attributed to the rise of DeFi as Ethereum functioned as a primary currency for the majority of such transactions, or pardon, such activities and protocols. Additionally, the second largest blockchain is the main driving force behind the rapidly growing NFT industry. Yes, a lot of people foolishly use, in, use Ethereum for NFTs, in my opinion. Mm. Why is it so foolish? Because Ethereum it's so expensive to transact anything. You can do it on Solana, or you can do it on Tron, you can do it on EOS. There's so many other great chains out there that can't cost anywhere near as much as they do on Ethereum. Mm. I make Polychain, right? Poly, uh, Polygon or, or Matic. A great place to do transactions. In fact, the, a lot of people have moved their Ethereum to wrap Poly because it's so much cheaper to do uh, uh, ERC-721 uh, transactions mm -hmm. on on poly than it is to do on eth 
Yeah, it's still a smart contract. What about Ravencoin? Ravencoin is a UTXO um, asset creator where you can just do it directly off the blockchain instead yeah. of using a smart contract. Exactly. That's, that's a good way to go. Exactly. No, I, and this is the one thing, if you look at what to mine, what to mine says that the next most profitable chain right now after Ethereum is Raven, which means that when Ethereum goes fully proof of stake, Raven is in the top position to become the next highly mined coin. Because it's proof of work. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. It's, 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 it's the yeah. uh, proof of work that will never go away from being proof of work. It will always be proof yeah. of work, just like Bitcoin. That's what, yeah, that's what guarantees a lot of these miners to just switch over their algos to, In fact, to if Raven anything, coin. I think yeah. the reason that Raven has picked up so much popularity as of late is because people who have older cards that can't mine Ethereum anymore are mining Raven right now. Yeah. Nice. Says Ethereum. All right. If you have under under a eight gig card, you cannot use mm -hmm. you cannot use Ethereum, which means eight a, gigs. Oh my yeah, god, that's a, a lot. Four gig card or two gig or one gig can still do Raven. Mm -hmm. So next step, right. criminalizing uh, rug pulls thing from. Uh, what's the next one? Seven best. Seven best no, non custodial no, wallets. No, the criminalizing rug pulls article. Criminalizing. There it is. Way down here. Yeah. All right, this one's uh, written by George Georgiev. Criminalizing rug pulls, Senator Kevin Tom Thomas proposes new regulation. Rug pulls have grown to become a menace in the space of decentralized finance and have resulted in hundreds of millions stolen from users. Yes, yes, I've been one of those guys, unfortunately. Uh, no, I, not stealing. I, I, I've been stolen from. Yeah. Yes. Uh, being amongst the most common types of scams, some U.S. politicians have taken aim and want to outlaw them. Good luck. Yeah, exactly. State Senator... What was it? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. State Senator Kevin Thomas and Assemblymember Clyde Vanel has introduced Senate Bill S-8839. The bill calls for penalizing, defining, and criminalizing frauds that are specifically targeted at developers and projects designed to dupe cryptocurrency investors. These include, but are not limited to, virtual token fraud, rug pulls, private key fraud, as well as fraudulent failure to disclose an interest in virtual tokens. And that's where I got caught up on. For further context, a rug pull is a term used to, defy a, to define a type of scam where the team behind a project runs with investors' funds by draining the liquidity of the trading pool and essentially uh, leaving holders with illiquid tokens that can't be sold. Yeah, that sucks. Always pay attention when you get into a crypto. Everyone's like, oh my god, this crypto is so affordable. Yeah, but is there liquidity in that yeah, token? Is but, there an actual market? But not just a question of, uh, of affordability because you get a lot of coins for, for nothing, but... Um... Don't just get in because of the hype. Just because there's hype. This is the, the total thing. It comes to, what was it? Fear missing out? Uh, FOMO. FOMO, right. Don't FOMO into something just because it, it's super popular. It doesn't necessarily mean it's good. So no. this is, uh, that was a, what the Squid Game token was where people got screwed. Oh, yeah. So like, oh my gosh, yeah. I got to get into this. Yeah, within a week it was gone. Yeah, sorry. It you literally get... tanked to zero. <laughs> yeah, it's sad. Oh. Uh... Yeah, hey, everybody, hey, we all, we're all human beings. We all go through that once or twice, maybe three times like me. Um, <laughs> the fool and his money the, the are bill... soon parted. The, the axiom still holds true today. Uh-huh. The bill aims to introduce a threshold of 10% for developers to sell within five years from the date of the last sale. A developer, whether natural or otherwise, is guilty of illegal rug pulls when such developers develops a class of virtual tokens and sell more than 10% of such tokens within five years from the date of the last sale of such tokens. Well, good luck. Um, I want to look at the bill. Uh, let's actually, you know what? Can I click on that? Let's see. Where is it at? I'm kind of curious. I'm, I'm opening up the link directly. I want to see what it yeah, says. I opened it too. Let's see, uh, this is a title bill, an act to amend a penal law in relation to establishing certain offenses related to cryptocurrency fraud. Purpose of general ideas uh, uh, of bill, establishes certain offenses related to crypto fraud. Summary of specification provisions, uh, one, 191, provides important definitions. Okay, let's scroll on down. Da -da 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 -da. Let's scroll on down to following meaning. One, virtual tokens shall, shall mean security tokens. Scroll on down some more. Wait, that was it? I guess let's open this up. The value of such, this is on 8839, the value of such uh, class of virtual tokens is determined by the supply and demand of virtual tokens and such class of, as virtual tokens are not pegged to external sources whether or not such external sources is volatile, are pegged to another virtual token or such class 
of virtual token do not employ technology which prevents large fluctuations in its price and such technology fails to prevent the same what i don't even know what i just read <laughs> stablecoin oh. it's very legally to speak it's just trying to be yeah. as clear as possible without being over overtly wordy that's the problem with legal speak is it needs it's it's trying to stay generic while still being specific which is hard to do so well there it is so you guys if you guys want to check it out you guys can go to the uh, nysenate.gov slash legislation slash bills slash 2021 slash s8839 yeah the link is actually in this article so you can check out the rug Perfect. pull link for further context in uh george georgiev's article <clears throat> Anyways, continuing on with the news about Shiba Inu. Shiba Inu launches Shiba Burning Portal. That sounds bad, doesn't it? What does this mean? From George Georgia mm -hmm. as well. The team behind one of the, the most popular Doge-inspired meme coins, Shiba Inu, or Shib, has launched a burning mechanism. That just sounds like you need preparation H for it. Um, that <laughs> allows holders to burn their tokens while generating passive income. Yes, that's just the point. Shiba Inu Burning Portal is a functionality that enables users to send their Shiba tokens to a burn address. This is a wallet from which Shiba will no longer be uh, retrievable, meaning that once tokens are sent there, they can never be retrieved again. They're going to be gone forever. The effect this effectively introduces a mechanism that allows for a reduction of the total circulating supply, making the to tokens scarcer or more yeah. scarce. This in theory can benefit investors a scarce asset tends to be more preferred compared to one with unlimited supply like ethereum or considerable rates of inflation of course all of this is entirely theoretical and there's nothing guaranteed fixed or reducing supply doesn't necessarily translate to increased value meaning that the outcome of a burning portal is yet to be seen now cake does this cake does burn cake on a regular basis so the team's reasoning behind the portal has been partially incentivized by a strong community push in this direction. Quote, Shiba Inu community, or commonly known as nicknamed by the Sheep Army, has been quite vocal and providing ongoing feedback that would relate to creating a systematic method in which scarcity can increase, that is by burning, while pushing the potential to grow the community's wealth in their investment, reads the official website. To reward users who decide to burn their tokens. The team provides an incentive in the form of a potential passive income source. Those who burn Sheeb will receive a token called burnched, burnt Sheeb, literally. Uh, the owners of the latter will receive rewards in Ryoshi tokens. Ryoshi is an anonymous creator of Shiba Inu product, uh, project rather. 0.49% of all Ryoshi transactions will be distributed to the owners of burnt Sheeb tokens. To verify and double check the Shiba Inu burn mechanism, anyone can check the smart contract here, and there's a link to it. So, yeah. Ex set, explain that to your me. Sheep I don't on, quite understand. Don't, setting your Shiba on fire. No. <laughs> so, but how do you. So, you. you, you it's an incentivization. Are these like nodes right? or? It's an incentivization. They're giving you another. It's just like DeFi, right? They're like, hey, if you burn tokens, we'll give you another token that will have a different value for having done it. Okay, but the question is, uh, the the more the more tokens you burn, is it the more you get in return? Yeah. The yeah. more burnt ship? Yeah, the, the Ryo, Ryoshi, um, they'll give you more tokens based on your burning of Shib. It, it Obviously, it's the same thing. It's like I said, it's the same thing as DeFi with DeFi pools um, uh -huh. or farms, rather. By putting your liquidity up of these two tokens you've paired together, they'll give you a, another token for having done that. And uh, so the same thing goes for this. If you burn tokens, they'll give you a proportional number of Ryoshi to, uh, tokens. So why are they doing this? Beca to keep in, to keep Sheeb itself, because you're basically transferring it to a different token, right? Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But you're keeping so it, it out almost of Sheeb. Sounds... You're keeping it out of Sheeb because Sheeb and Ryoshi are different. Right, so as long as Sheeb is small, maybe Ryoshi can become big. But that's they're keeping the two fiat or not fiat, the two currencies separate. So you're almost being so. This almost sounds like an IFO to me. Oh yeah, like what uh, what 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 Pancake does, PancakeSwap yeah, does. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's that's like what, you, that's why I was comparing it to DeFi. So. Uh huh. Okay. But this is kind of like you're being forced, or I guess maybe you can just do it voluntarily. But of course you can. It's all voluntary. They're not making anybody yeah. burn. So. 
Well, I mean, right. it, one of the ways that cake burned cake tokens was by doing their um, uh, the lottery. Remember, I think Pancake Swap uh, yeah, still yeah. does have the lottery, yeah. and obviously, if you don't win, then the tokens that you spent are burnt. Yeah. So, but that yep. in that sense, you're it's a chance game, and you might or might not win. So, there's still some something to potentially be gained from it. In this case, they're actually giving you a direct payment like yes we will give you something of value of course that value could change too right so there's still some mm -hmm. risk in it yeah anyways continuing right, next on with one, the central by, bank of mexico yeah written by felix molin the central bank of mexico will launch its cbdc in three years on april 21st victoria rodriguez cejas governor of the bank of mexico banexico during a hearing before the Mexican Senate and the CBDC, MDBC will be in circulation by 2025. Hmm. Awesome. Way according to, to yeah, according to Rodriguez, the CBDC will enable greater financial inclusion for citizens while expanding existing payment options. They also expect to deploy new automation mechanisms to speed up payment processes. Quote, the digital currency seeks to generate means of payments aimed at financial inclusion, expand options for fast, secure, efficient, and interoperable payments in the economy, and implement con 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 complementary functionalities to the existing means of payments such as automation, mechanisms, programmability, and innovation. This would delay a little bit of previous scheduled shares by the central bank. On December 31st of 2021, Crypto Potato reported that the country had in mind 2024 as of the year to launch a CBDC. The announcement, however, gives the idea that Mexico's CBDC could support more services than just transmissions of value. Although Mexican President Manuel López Obrador, Obrador ruled out the possibility of adopting Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency as legal tender in the country, Mexico's own central bank is now seeking to give them greater legalities through regulation. Rodriguez said that Banxico and other central bank groups were studying the possibility of regulating the use of cryptocurrencies in the country to protect citizens when making their transactions since such transactions are not protected nor regulated by the Bank of Mexico. Quote, several central bank groups in which Banxico participates are reviewing the issue of regulation so as to further protect those participating in the financial system. End quote. This means that even though Mexico is launching its own digital currency, very different from a cryptocurrency, the country does not want to be left behind in terms of regulation of the broader crypto industry, which would also help the government to collect more taxes, as it happens in other countries such as Spain, United States, and Brazil. The governor of uh, Banxico clarifies that the bank's favorable position towards a future regulations of crypto industry. However, she emphasized that cryptocurrencies are very different from CBDCs because of their decentralized nature, which allows citizens to have full control of their money. Sure. Sure. She clarified, however, that the advantages of a CBDC is that they are backed by the government. Mm -hmm. As CBDCs are just a digital expression of the fiat money we all know and use. On the other hand, she added that, a, that this new CBDC is not intended to replace the traditional currency or, uh, or the bank notes in circulation. Still, it would be a, a strategic alternative to the current means of payments. The Bank of Mexico is working closely with the Bank of International Settlements and to develop its CBDC. However, the road is not easy. There's a lot of work ahead. Recently, the pro-Bitcoin Senator Indira Kempis introduced a bill to include a CBDC into the legal system, paving a way for successful implementation. Okay, now. There's so many nations out there creating their own CBDCs and it's cool in a way, but it's scary in another way. And I think we talked about the uh, uh, the two side the, the two sides of the sword, right? You got the good side that uh, you you're bringing people into the crypto space, you're bringing the masses to the crypto space. But at the same time, when you're creating a CBDC, a centralized uh, digital currency backed by banks, 
I mean, the whole reason Satoshi Nakamoto created Bitcoin was to try to detach people uh, and give them their freedom back away from governments and banks because banks and governments around the world own everything they own they own your existence from the moment you're born to the moment you die when when satoshi nakamoto created bitcoin this gave this gave people the opportunity to to be free and be able to do transactions from from peer to peer now now banks are jumping into the space creating their own coin saying hey you know you have the privilege of you using this this coin but it's it's only a privilege until you get either you you create some sort of uh, a crime, or you just have bad social credit, um, and then you get you get your uh, your, your tokens uh, frozen. You know, it's there's there's no difference from what's going on now with 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 centralized banks. The CBDC is going to be the same exact thing. So, it's nice that they're they're bringing people into the space of crypto, but scary and terrifying knowing that if this is the dominant thing going around the world, there's going to be no difference in the next five to ten years where banks and governments own everything once again especially the crypto space which they're veering to the world economic forum just had a meeting what was it last year last year talking about um the great reset and a lot of that has to do with uh adopting blockchain uh blockchain protocol and coincidentally all of a sudden now we have a bunch of nations around the globe now um working on creating their cbdc's which here we go with mexico again yeah Exactly. Now you you said <clears throat> there are two sides to this uh, coin or the sword in the case. That there cuts both ways. It is both practical and impractical depending upon your perspective. And if your government doesn't like you for whatever reason, the way that the Chinese government is currently trying to put its hands around the necks of its citizens by saying, "Hey, you know, we're, we're giving you this great tool, but remember, we can fuck you whenever we want to." Um, now, now let me just add a little earmark to that. Now, El Salvador. It's probably the only nation that did it the right way. Well, it's not 100% right, but at least they veered more towards the right way than any other nation out there. They adopted Bitcoin as legal tender. That, to me, is what it should have been to all these other nations. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, at the same time, it also gives the government some control over Bitcoin in, 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 to some degree. Um, they also made the wallet, which everyone has to... Well, not... Actually, no, they don't have to use it, but... Um, I watched a really great video, which I should probably put in our in the description so people can check it out. Is um, about a guy who journeyed to El Salvador, uh, uh, U.S. national, um, and explored how you can use Bitcoin through their through the wallet given by the by the uh, country, you know, sanctioned by the government, and how difficult it was for him to use his own wallet. He said, yeah, the yeah. people, so I the did people hear... there uh, do trust the wallet that is given. What's the name of the wallet again? That, that also uh, Chivo wallet. Chivo, right. So people trust the Chivo wallet because it's, it was given to them by the government. They don't necessarily trust your wallet, even though it's the same coin. But the other thing is the Chivo wallet is really fast. So if you, you know, it's, it's lightning based, right? Um, right. If you use the Chivo wallet, you can pay, you know, within seconds and, and like you would with regular cash. Um, and, and interestingly enough, because El Salvador was, was uh, what is it, um, had used U.S. dollars as their primary currency, people are used to U.S. dollars, um, but they're also used to the, the quickness of that transaction. You give them the U.S. dollars and that you get the service or the, or the item. Um, this, the Chivo wallet is just as fast, but if you try to use Bitcoin, it could easily take an hour to make a transaction. So um, the, the, the host of the show tried using his own wallet and half the places he went to didn't trust it they're like sorry we don't we don't use regular bitcoin sorry that doesn't work now if you use a lightning wallet instead of chiva maybe it would have worked but um he well, also a lot, said a lot of it go ahead sorry sorry go ahead well, well a lot of it has to do with the fact that it, it sounds like i haven't watched the video i'll I, please share it in, uh, no, in discord I'll, I I'll watch it later on mm -hmm. um it sounds like you're talking about el salvador el mm -hmm. salvador doesn't really you know these, these mom and pop shops that are out there don't really have the money to convert your Bitcoin main chain to Lightning, uh, Lightning node off chain. You know, um, that's that transaction is not really affordable to, to to do. So, if you're saying, "Hey, I will give you Bitcoin," it's like I'll be happy to take that, but I will not be able to convert it or or even move it out of my wallet because the transaction fee is going to be so high. Right, it's not really worth it when you're paying. Uh, you know. A dollar fifty for a, a stack of tacos. Yeah, like the transaction fee is going to be worth more 
for me to to either move it into off-chain Lightning Wallet or just move it out of my wallet into uh, Coinbase or Binance to convert it back into uh, a local local. Oh fund. yeah, yeah. No, it's it, and, and the nice thing about Chiba Wallet in general is you can use the Bitcoin in Chiba Wallet to buy other things. So if you get paid into the Chiba Wallet, you can use that. But the thing we're trying to talk about here is the problem with that is that the government has control over the Chiba Wallet, which means mm -hmm. yeah. if you are using it as your primary you know, in and out source of money, one, the government can see exactly what you're doing. And two, they can also, and they know who you are, they can also suddenly stop your Chiba wallet, which still sounds weird to me, but I think the, the way they have to do it is by taking Chiba wallet offline. Um, and then you can't use it anymore, therefore meaning you couldn't access your coin. But technically, since the Chiba wallet is technically a, a um, you know, an address and a wallet that is on the chain, you could get to it another way instead of having to go through Chiba itself. Um, um, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, you know what? I'm not even going to speak on that. I, I, here, here's, here's a guess then. Here's a guess. My guess is every Chiva wallet, every Chiva wallet out there in existence does not have private keys associated with them, um, that are, 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 are on uh, local devices or through the app They are being held by government. Um, and the only way you can access those coins is being ported through an API call that is being hosted by the government. Uh, entity right but i'm just saying because it's on lightning chain and it's not on their own mm -hmm. chain you could technically still accurate it access it if you could get your private keys now if it's if you can't you can't but what exactly. i'm saying is because yeah. it's actually an official coin chain you know secondary chain it is technically still accessible um even if they stop you from the accessing chiva but and then i'm saying it couldn't happen the, the president of el salvador does seem pretty bent on keeping bitcoin in in because he's trying to you know make um el salvador you know something that people want to visit and uh -huh. could he just spontaneously for some whatever reason decide to just suck up everybody's coin and say sorry you're now all my slaves he could um there's but there's no guarantee that any you know couldn't any country couldn't do that to you um, it would be difficult to enforce but it, if you had everybody's wallet in your hand they're kind of screwed <laughs> Yeah. So that's the reason why uh, Brian Armstrong and um, and uh, Jack Dorsey straight up said this is during the protest over in Canada. You guys, you, you, I was going to say you guys, you recall that when uh, they both came up saying, hey, when you buy coins on our exchange, please remove them immediately into your own uh, private wallet, into your own wallet. Do not leave it on our exchange, because if you do. There's always a chance that the government can go to them and take them down or force them to freeze uh, these these uh, customers' accounts that are out there protesting. Right. Yeah. So it's <clears throat> yeah. It's it's. I don't know if it's annoying, but it's still somewhat uh, recognizing that you know you need to get off the centralized exchange as quickly as possible if you want to maintain control over what you own. And this would be true. You know, with your cash, you can put your cash in a bank. But now the bank has your cash, and they have the, although the rules of the land state that 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 bank is at that time mandated to give you access to your money. If something changes in the rule of the land, you know because of martial law or something else, or they think they accuse you of doing something illegal that you did not do, you're SOL. You can't change that. That's in their hands. They have control over it. So the only way, as we're trying to say with this two-edged sword thing, the only way for you to control your money by yourself is to either hold on to it yourself, your cash, liquid liquid or not otherwise, or to hold your coin in your personal possession at all times. Beautifully said. Well, that's a good two Satoshis on the mark right there. So continuing on with other news in Vietnam um, by Diametar Zanzarov. Vietnam Blockchain Union, or VBU, goes live, report says. The entity aiming to accelerate the adoption of blockchain technology and support cryptocurrency projects, Vietnam Blockchain Union, has reportedly seen the light of day. That is, it is available now. It was launched by the Vietnam Digital Communications Association, VDCA, in the capital of Hanoi. Vietnam has been gradually emerging as one of Southeast Asia's cryptocurrency hubs. The recent coverage reads that the authorities introduce uh, the VBU, an organization that connects tech companies with crypto's underlying technology. 
It also provides cons consultancy to people and entities part of the digital asset ecosystem. The newly formed unit was formed by the Vietnam Digital Communications Association. Its president, Nguyen Minh Hong, believes blockchain technology and artificial intelligence are key factors in the fourth industrial revolutionary, re me, revolution. Quote, with the ability to share information and data transparency in real time, sustainability, and with high security, blockchain has become one of the breakthrough technology trends with wide applicability to in many sectors, including finance, health, education, intellectual property, logistics, entertainment, and agriculture, end quote. Addressing the initiative was also Deng Min Tuan, uh, chairman of the VBU. In his view, blockchain technology has the ability to turn Vietnam into a highly developed tech country. That would be amazing, honestly. Apart from its, all of its functions with the joint forces of the nation's authorities to design a comprehensive regulatory network for the local cryptocurrency industry. It is safe to say that digital assets and blockchain technology are on the rise in Vietnam, according to a study conducted by Chainalysis. The country ranked first in cryptocurrency adoption in 2020. The research included 154 nations as Vietnam's neighbors, Thailand and China, were placed in at both at 12th position, the world's leading economy, the USA, held 8th place. Earlier this year, Vietnam Deputy Prime Minister Li Ming Kai instructed local agencies to impose rules on the domestic crypto market. The rules supposed to execute uh, the entities, pardon me, supposed to execute this were the country's central bank and the Ministry of Finance, Justice, Information, Communications, and Communications. Nevertheless, pardon me, nonetheless, the Ministry of Finance was appointed to spearhead the project. The upcoming regulation should see the management of cryptocurrency by investors and exchanges, and it will be formed in accordance with decision 1255. The latter is an order issued by issued in 2017 by Vietnam's Prime Minister, who urged the implementation of rules in the world of crypto. Yay! Vietnam and <laughs> Korea are getting on board. Woohoo! I mean, yeah, personally, that's always good. having known several people from Vietnam, um, one of my ex-girlfriends is Vietnamese, um, but she was born in Vietnam. Um, and it's after, obviously, the Americans' conflict in Vietnam in the 60s and 70s, um, the, there was terrible, terrible, uh, you know, not just war crimes committed, but um, desolation to Vietnam. And Vietnam has not really left the, or really escaped the third world perspective it has been in since that, you know, 40, 50 years ago time. And it has, it, interestingly enough, my, at least my knowledge of Vietnam as far as the country's, you know, uh, economic progress is going, is that when China started kicking everybody out, um, a lot of people went to Vietnam because the next cheapest place in the world to go was Vietnam. So, like, currently the most exploited country for cheap labor is Vietnam. Used to be India, used to be Viet Philippines, used to be China. Now it's Vietnam. So all the countries that were getting cheap labor out of China can no longer, well, they can still to some degree, but not as much as in Vietnam. So a lot of country, companies have gone to Vietnam because the rules are more lax there than they are in China. China, of course, is trying to control their citizens, whereas Vietnam is not mm. yet trying to do that. Um, not, not that I think they ever will, but they obviously have had, have had their problems. Um, so I guess what I'm trying to say is that it's great to see Vietnam coming up to unto its own <clears throat> with uh, cryptocurrency, at, and not at the forefront per se, but at least it's recognizing the value because it can break free. This is the one thing that bugs me most about China right now, and not to say the U.S. hasn't done this too. China is really aggressive on it right now, and that is China has been giving out gargantuan loans to nations that are poor, and then when those nations can't pay them back, China's like, we got you by the, you know, gonads. Um, we're going to squeeze at, and, and crush you and make you do whatever we want, um, and that's really, really wicked, in my opinion. Um, Bitcoin, not necessarily CBDCs, but Bitcoin, them, it, the concept and, and, and cryptocurrencies in general, uh, give those countries an ability to break that uh, chain of oppression, no pun intended, um, so that they're not just owing China or owing the United States. 
they're actually independent to themselves. And so when I see Vietnam as a poor country doing this, I see it coming into its own and saying, F you to the bigger countries. We can live on our own. Thank you very much. And I, I say so, this for any country, any country, not just Vietnam. Vietnam's one of the examples of one of the poorest countries there are, uh, even though, <laughs> pardon me, <coughs> it is a country that has a lot of industry in it because people are going there to exploit their workers. But it is giving, it is a boon to the country to make it independent and not have to depend upon bigger countries for its its assistance. So, yeah. Uh, um, so I, I'm live streaming on Twitch right now for the listeners um, on the podcast and viewers on YouTube. I'm on Twitch. I'm showing on my screen here. Uh, I, I went on YouTube, I typed in WEF, The Great Reset. You can do that as well, the World Economic Forum. About a year ago, this title is uh, COVID-19, The Great Reset. Where, uh, And by the way, these are not governments that are part of this World Economic Forum. They're more of just powerful individuals that are influencing governments around the world, mm -hmm. making decisions on how... Uh, or what's going to be happening to nations around the world in the coming um, years. Here's a quote that I wrote down. This is, uh, it's on my phone. I'm looking at my phone right now. But I'm going to read this. And I forgot who it was. It was from one of the speakers on, on this video here. This is a quote. It says, uh, and we're seeing the world today, I think, is on the brink of a dr dramatic change where we are about to, and I'll say this boldly, we're about to abandon the traditional system of money and accounting and introduce a new one and the new one the new accounting is what we call blockchain yeah. i think I, I think it's important to make note that even though blockchain gives people um and cryptocurrency stuff gives people control of their own money there's still going to be a level of control that individuals as well as nations will hold over other individuals with less money and or influence and that is uh, you got a family and we're going to torture them if you don't do what we say which of course is tyranny um that tyranny will not cease to exist just because bitcoin becomes the or not bitcoin but cryptocurrency blockchain becomes the new currency um but people with influence and people with you know ability to take action because of their wealth or power are still going to be in the world just because Bitcoin exists doesn't mean those things are going to go away. Um, but it does at least keep people from being, um, I mean, you can still be held at quote gunpoint <clears throat> and forced right. to pay your Bitcoin over to someone else, yeah. but they can't steal it from you without your permission. So, <laughs> um, this is one of the factors. As long as you keep the Bitcoin in your own personal possession, no one's going to be able to take it from you. I mean, I guess if you don't memorize your your uh, private key, which most people don't. Right. Um, but the, yeah. the the re the reason I'm the reason I'm showing this the the Great Reset is because in my opinion, this is the reason why every single every single time we have we have an episode where we're always talking about a new nation adopting crypto, mm -hmm. uh, creating their CBDC, or just moving towards more digital uh, currencies. I believe now that I've watched this, it makes absolute sense. That these powerful individuals or group has influenced a lot of nations to really move towards that that way now because it, it, it prior to this it wasn't like that now it's like ah oh, it makes sense now watch this everybody should watch this it's called the great reset uh the world economic forum all right enough of that yeah on to the uh, stripe announces crypto payout on twitter Okay, this one's written by Jay, uh, Jay, Jay Zhang, Jay Zhuang. Yep. Stripe announces crypto payment on Twitter via the Polygon Network. San Francisco-based fintech giant Stripe announced its latest advance in cryptocurrency by partnering with Twitter. According to the new pilot program, Stripe will let a small group of creators send and receive payments in USDC via its payment platform, Connect. Creators can thus directly manage their accounts details through the Stripe Express app. The company stated in a blog post that Twitter will be the first company to integrate the new payment method into monetization products. The media platform will allow creators to get their earnings on ticketed spaces uh, and super follows immediately settled in cryptocurrency wallets. Uh, quote, all crypto related complexity and operations, end quote, will be handled by, these, uh, by Stripe. So Twitter won't be in charge of storing and acquiring cryptocurrencies. 
The fintech firm picks the Polygon network to process all of the on-chain transactions for its strengths in low gas fees, high speed, uh, broad wallet compatibility, and integrations with Ethereum. Creators who receive funds through the program can thus bridge their assets to Ethereum and exchange them quickly for other cryptocurrencies. Though the company only supports crypto payments in USDC for the time being, it assures the users that mo more chains and payout cryptocurrencies will be added to the platform in the future. The firm considers USDC's price stability as distinguishable from other cryptocurrencies primarily subject to high volatilities. As manifested in the blog post, Stripe is doubling down on its exposure in the crypto space. The firm says they plan to support crypto payouts in more than 120 countries by the end of the year. However, compared to its main competitors like Block, PayPal, and Visa, which had collaborated with numerous crypto firms and exchanges even before the digital uh, assets soared in popularity, Stripe is regarded as late to the party. Last year, Stripe's CEO, John, Coll John Collison, Collison, is already hinted that his company could re-enable re cryptocurrency services soon after the giant had terminated Bitcoin services back in 2018 due to concerns over price volatility and transactional inefficiencies. After raising $600 million last year in a funding round, Stripe is currently valued at $95 billion. As of 2021, the unicorn processes $640 billion in payments, a 60% increase from the year before. Whoa, that's a big increase, man. Yeah, yeah, that's a good chunk. Um, it's interesting. I, I guess I can see why they would use USDC or Tether. Um, I still don't particularly like it, although I realize that through Polygon Network, you're not going to be paying the, the ridiculous fees that you will on Ethereum. I just, I guess it's it's a it's a factor of you know bigness and recognizability. People are like, oh yeah, USDC, everybody knows what that is, or Tether, oh yeah, everybody knows what that is. Okay, great. Why are we still using it? <clears throat> well, can we just do a different one, or is it just because transaction levels are higher and therefore people know they can still do transactions through this network? I don't know, why not use Solana? Why not use Tron? Why not use EOS? There's so many other options out there that are just as active and with still millions of dollars going through EOS and Tron and even Polygon sure. by itself. Why do you need Ethereum? So, yeah. Um, and if I'm anything, with you if you're going to use something, something as big as Stripe or, or Block, right, then the, the popularity comes from those companies. Those companies themselves can make a different chain bigger. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. It's just it's just weird to me. But I, like you said, it's it's not about intelligence. It's about popularity. Why do certain people win contests or win um, elections? Because everybody knows who they are. Not because they're good. Not because they're smart. But because people know their name. <clears throat> All right. Continuing on with Justin Sunder. Did you want to read this one? Uh, no, go ahead. All right, Justin Sun plans a Tron stablecoin with 10 billion of crypto collateral. That's a good chunk of change there, but he is pretty wealthy. Uh, remember, he made the bid for uh, Twitter against Elon Musk. I, I didn't know Justin Sun had much, so much money, but apparently he does. Uh, by Antonia Ishier. Tron founder Justin Sun has announced plans to launch a decentralized uh, algorithmic stablecoin called USDD on the Tron blank. Uh, blockchain network that's cool in my opinion in an open letter on thursday april 21st 2022 sun revealed that usdd will be a fully decentralized stablecoin underpinned by mathematics and algorithms sounds very generic according to the tron founder usdd will not rely on any centralized entity for storage redemption or management but will be instead issued in a decentralized manner and will be pegged to tron's native token trx an excerpt from the letter said, quote, when USDD's price is lower than one USD, users or arbitrators uh, can send one USDD to the system and receive one USD worth of TRX. That's an actual US dollar, not uh, uh, USDC or USDT. When USDD's price is higher than one USD, users and arbitrators can send one USD worth of TRX to the decentralized system and receive one USDD. That's the way it keeps it balanced. 
<coughs> Sun added that stablecoins algorithm will maintain its stability against the US dollar despite market volatility. Furthermore, the open letter noted that Trondow Reserve will offer a risk-free interest rate of 30% ooh, geez, per annum. That's better than um, Valera. And it will provide custody service for $10 billion of highly liquid assets. The fund, will, uh, which will be raised from initiators of the blockchain industry, will act as a reserve to keep the stability of USDD. While the <laughs> cryptocurrency asset are, as, assets are not mentioned, the plan seems similar to Doquan's uh, co-founder and CEO of Terraform Labs, who is looking to purchase $10 billion worth of Bitcoin as a reserve for USDT. Meanwhile, Sun announced that the Tron-based USDD is expected to be issued and circulated beginning on May 5th at Cinco de Mayo. The decentralized stablecoin will be available on Ethereum and BNB chain via the BTTC cross-chain protocol. Cool. Awesome. I'm glad to see that we're going for a true decentralized stablecoin, finally. <laughs> that's what you were talking about, right? You were talking, not, not so long ago, you were talking about that. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm just glad we're doing yeah. it, finally. So, yeah. um, that uh, <clears throat> it's it's obviously similar to someone else's idea, the Terraform Labs idea, but it's um, it's good to see that uh, Justin is trying to do something new with what he has capable capabilities of doing. That's good for the economy and for well, I should say, crypto economy. Hopefully, that new, right. that new. I mean, think about. It, let's see. If we go back to cryptocurrency mm-hmm. prices. Uh, where is a $10 billion asset going to sit? Um, $10 billion is currently around 17th position with Lido, Stake, Ether, and Near Protocol and Wrapped Bitcoin. That's about $10 billion. Ooh, here's, here's an article on read. It's right underneath. Um, it's on April 22nd. It's called Russians' Plans to Use Digital Ruble for International Settlements. Did you see that one? No, I did not. Oh, that's got to be interesting, right? Let's see what's going on here. This one's uh, on the, uh, April 22nd. Russia's central bank recently, let me enlarge this here. I got it. I found it. Okay. Russia's central bank recently said that it is looking to begin a pilot for the digital ruble next year with plans to use the central bank digital currency for international payments. According to a Reuters report, the government uh, of the Bank of Russia, uh, Elvira Nabulina, speaking to the lower house of parliament, asserted that the central bank is preparing to start real-world digital ruble transactions in 2023. Uh, Nabilina also said, quote, the digital ruble is among the priority projects. We have fairly quickly created a prototype. Now we are holding tests with banks and next year we will gradually have pilot transactions. Wow. Russia has now been working towards developing a CBDC for more than a year. The central bank launched a prototype of the digital ruble platform in December 2021. With 12 commercial banks signaling interest in participating in the pilot program, uh, three out of the 12 banks connected to the platform with two completing digital ruble transfers between between clients via mobile banking applications in February 2022. Apart from the digital ruble projects, Nabulina said Russia is looking at expanding the numbers of countries that accept the organization's MIR banking cards. MIR is a local alternative payment systems to the Visa and MasterCard, with both companies having suspended operations in Russia after the Ukraine invasion. As previously reported by Crypto Potato, the ruble's value plummeted after certain Russian banks were cut off from financial messaging uh, giant SWIFT. Meanwhile, the latest development comes as Russia is being slammed with various economic sanctions. In the early days of the invasion of Ukraine, there were calls for cryptocurrency exchanges to stop servicing Russia users, but quit but quite a few refused at first. The United States has also kept an eye on Russia to see if the country would use crypto to circumvent financial sanctions. In March, the U.S. Deputy Secretary of the Treasury, Wally Adiemo, and Christine Lagarde, President of the European Central Bank, warned exchanges against aiding Russia to avoid sanctions. Recently, Binance announced that it will limit its services in Russia, in line with European Union now sanctions. According to the cryptocurrency exchange giant, the platform will only service Russian nationals or natural persons residing in Russia or legal entities established in Russia that have crypto assets exceeding the value of 10,000 euros. Interesting. Actually, um, I can see this being a boon to Russia, obviously, keeping their economy. But the thing that's interesting uh, as an overall factor is how 
countries can continue to exist if they figure out some way, obviously, to live on their own. Uh, thinking in particular of North Korea. Um, North Korea does have a trade, you know, faction or trade function with China. They do trade with China. Um, they they may not trade with the rest of the world, but they do have a way of trading. And I would caution, in fact, I would probably warn in the sense of saying, you should definitely not use the Russia, uh, you know, um, CBDC coin at all. Because we already know what Russia is going to do, and uh, the thing that's going to suck for people who live in Russia, Russian citizens, is it's going to turn into the exact same thing that, that the same coin for QQ is used in in China. Yeah, great. Now the digital yuan, sure, you can use it within the country, but you should never leave the country because you're not going to be able to use that coin anywhere else. Mm. And so it's great for inside the country as long as you have natural resources within your own country and you don't have to worry about trading with anyone else. But well, we already know that global trade is a thing. And global trade can make, can grossly, well, not grossly, it's not necessarily a gross thing, but greatly improve the economy of another of another country if they can trade. Like right now, 70%, roughly, of Russia's income comes from them exporting oil and gas to other countries. And then I think the other one was uh, wheat and, and rice is also exported from Russia to African nations. And... Mm. If you can't export the very thing that makes you money, your economy is going to shrink. Now, does that mean it's going to disappear? No, but it, it just means that you're going to have to figure out something else you're going to do in order to make that work. But we already know the value of international trade. And that's the thing that's so weird in this you know, action that Putin has been doing in, in, in uh, Ukraine. It's become more obvious to me from new, alternative news that I've watched that this is not just about destroying the Ukraine. This is really about the, the oil or the gas pipeline that goes through Ukraine. Um, all, almost all of the natural gas and oil that, ex that Russia exports to Europe goes through Ukraine. Almost all of it. And Russia doesn't, I mean, Russia doesn't want that. But there's not really much they can do about it because that's the easiest way to get it out of Russia. Um, Otherwise, you have to truck it out, and that's a lot more expensive. The pipeline's much, much, much easier. And Ukraine was accused of exploiting that pipeline. They, they weren't, but Russia still accused them of that. And it really comes down to Russia not wanting their source of income to be disrupted. I think that makes sense. But, you know, Putin lied about it by saying, well, it's about freeing Ukraine from oppression. It's an excuse, you know. Uh, the thing that I learned about this is Putin, albeit the ruthless dictator of Russia, isn't really in control by himself. And it's interesting how the billionaires uh, that, that, you know, the oligarchy that uh, is kind of in control of Russia as well, kind of just looks like a secondary player. Like, they're, they're not really in control. When, in fact, they are really in control. He's just the puppet figurehead. And that realizing that kind of political play that you know they pushed him bo boosted Putin up to make him look like he's the the Fuhrer you know the ruler of all and he had complete hegemonic control of Russia is not true if the billionaires that control Russia decided they didn't want Putin anymore he'd be gone mm. so the billionaires are the ones who are really in concern are really concerned about th their money getting back to them Via that once pipeline. again, so once again, you're talking about the people that are holding the money. The yeah, power. the people who actually have and the money. What... Not to say that that Putin doesn't have money, but he's more of a figurehead for money than he is the actual right. money holder. He's right. not the he is a billionaire, but he's not a billionaire because of his own things. He's a billionaire because these other billionaires made it possible for him to be that position. These people that we're talking about is the people that are sitting on the board at the World Economic Forum. Yeah, some of them are. Yeah. But what I basically watch saying, the video. No, I know, I know. Yeah. But the point I'm trying to make is this digital ruble thing is that um, it's in their interest to hold uh, the people, you know, in 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 this coin idea because it makes it easier for them to transfer their money and it makes it easier for them to control the populace and it, it makes it easier for them to get money um, and that's really how this works and that's the thing that's so weird about how this happened is it makes it feel like. The billionaires weren't 
were really short-sighted. They were concerned about where their money came from, but they weren't really thinking about the world factor. Like, you've got all these other people, and you might think you know how everyone else works. Not technically how everyone else works. There's still people out there who are actually moralistic. And those moralistic people will not agree with you when you try to attack another country. So, <clears throat> like, we're trying to do this fair. We're trying to make sure that everybody has the right to life, which is literally the liberal ideal that the United States has, even if it's not 100% liberal. That is, everyone in the world has the right to live and right to their own life. And when you yeah. disagree with that, you're basically a Russian oligarch. <laughs> I mean, they, they themselves as, as individuals believe that they have the right to life, so why doesn't everyone else have the right to life? So, it's a, it's a weird conflict, and obviously it, not everyone holds the same perspective. So, I don't believe that the Russian ruble is a good idea for, any, for anyone, including Russians. Anyways, um, do we have any other news we want to talk about, or are we going to wrap this that's, up? That should do it. Cool. All right. Well, uh, if you guys have made it this far in the episode, we appreciate you. And if you could appreciate us by giving us a like on the YouTube video and or subscribe, hit the notification bell. We post every Wednesday and Sunday. You can always catch us on Discord, Twitter, and uh, help us out by contributing to our Patreon and or uh donating in the formats of multiple digital currencies, all of which you can find in the Cointree link in the description below. If that's all we got for today, let me pull this back up here. And you want to do the outro or do you want me to do it? All right. Until next time, Cryptonauts, Stack Sats, and Huddle. Adios. <laughs>